off is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Sports America, welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. I'm Lemont Williams, your host for tonight's show. And joining me again will be a good friend of mine, Godman. He calls me his mentor, but I don't know about all that. But a uh, young man is coming up in the industry, sports media industry. I'd like to bring him back to the show. George, better known as G-Man. And George, welcome back to Outside the Huddle. Hey, thanks for having me back, Lamont. You are my mentor. It's nothing nothing kind of about it. You've, you've actually taken me under your wing. I appreciate it. So. Oh, man, you know, it makes me feel old, man. I'm not that old. <laughs> but anyway, I appreciate it, man. Any any opportunity for me to share my knowledge and my wisdom, the little bit that I have, man, I'm, I'm willing to pass it on because someone passed it on to me. So uh, glad to have you back. And uh, first of all, if anybody want to join the show, George, jo- I mean, join George and I on the show today. You can call in to the call-in number for the show is one eight 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 three four six nine one four four, or you can well the number again is one eight 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 three four six. 9144. You can email me as well at LemontWilliamsSports at Yahoo.com or simply follow me on Twitter. Send me something on Twitter at LemontWilliams. That's L E M O N T Williams. And George, again, I keep forgetting your Twitter handle, handle uh, new name, but go ahead and give it out to the listeners. It's at G Man underscore sports. Okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, follow George, man. He's a good guy on Twitter. I'm trying to get my 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 followers up, Georgia. You know what's funny, man? I, I just surpassed 300 people. Don't say that too much, too loud, man. But uh, <laughs> I, I haven't even I, broke 100, man. So I yeah, I got I got to work on that, man. Uh, I mean, Twitter is Twitter, man. I don't. What's funny is it's, it's a little different. I'm I'm varying off here from sports, but Twitter, social media is a little different. With with Twitter, I just put my thoughts out there. I do more live live tweets from games when I cover the Rockets, the Texans, and things I do around the city. I really don't care too much who follow me. Now, I mean, I care, but I don't care as a like a Facebook or something like that. But, but anyway, uh, I digress. But uh, I, you know, <laughs> I, I guess I, I need to step my game up. I need to get be certified or get the certified check on on Twitter. So I need to step up. I need to work on that. Yeah, you always know you reach that that next level when you have that. This is the official check. So uh, <laughs> we, we all are Ray Ellis that man. one day. Uh, you know, Ray Ellis, the sports director of Voice America, Holla D. You know, our engineer D or somebody, man, get us certified over there on Twitter or something like that, man. <laughs> anyway, man, uh, George, what a wonderful week, man. Another hot and humid week here in Houston, Texas. Uh, I don't know if you've been checking out the weather, George, but uh, on Saturday they said it's going to get to the 100s. If you know like I know, that means get in and out. Like get outside early in the morning, run all your errands, and get back in the house and come back out when the sun set because uh, – it's brutal when it's when it's 100 degrees here in Houston. Yeah, this Texas weather, it's always nasty, man. I, I went out to my car the other day, 
And uh, you know how the temperature in the car always reads a lot higher than what it is outside, but it was 140 degrees, and I was like, gosh, it's not even, the, it's just the beginning of summer. So you guys got to stay hydrated, stay cool. I don't want no heat strokes out there, so y'all stay safe. Yeah, no question, man. We don't want any any uh, anybody getting injured, anybody suffering from stroke or heat exhaustion or something along those lines uh, with the tough heat. And, you know, Force America Sports, Headquarters in Phoenix, so it gets hot, hot there too. A little bit different from Houston, one of those dry heats, but uh, but uh, hot is hot to me. So uh, yeah, you guys take care of yourself. Uh, so let's just go and jump right into it, man. We mentioned this last week, and we kind of paint brushed a little bit because it was so fresh and so new. But right now, we just got to go head on into it because uh, as of right now, uh, formal, formal. NFL player and well yeah he can be former NFL player because he's been released from this only team that drafted him the New England Patriots I'm talking about Aaron Hernandez has been charged for first degree murder uh, has been released as well from the New England Patriots so uh, the 27 year old uh, George Aaron Hernandez I mean it's been so much going on the last two weeks a lot of investigation uh, up in the Boston area uh, well, let me let me take a step back. Let me say this first. Let's go ahead and, and send our condolences to the young man that life that was lost in the senseless crime that was murdered. I, I know how it feels to be on that other end as a family member when you lose a member of a family that's been murdered. So I, I'm sending out my condolences and my uh, thoughts and prayers to the family and friends and everyone that's involved in that. Uh, now, let's talk about the situation here, George. You know, it's a, we can go anywhere, anywhere with this man. We can go to the left. We can go to the right. Uh, let's go ahead and start and talk about Aaron Hernandez as an individual. I mean, from what you know, George, from seeing on the field, young man out of University of Florida, uh, had a productive couple of seasons in the NFL. Uh, you know, if you was Aaron right now, how would you feel uh, being in this situation, being arrested and being released from the New England Patriots? I think if you're in Aaron Hernandez's situation, it's it's an unfortunate situation. You just signed a new contract last year that could potentially make you forty million dollars, and you you mess up your life like this. Your life is set when you sign a contract like that. Not to mention he has an eight month old child and a fiance. You know, knowing where I know where he's coming from with that. You know, um, I have a fiance, I have a life, and I couldn't imagine messing it up doing something like this. You know, and I just think it's senseless. And I hope that that it comes out that he didn't do it, and that he may, you know, he may be, you know, dismissed from these charges or whatever the situation may be. There's still more to come in this investigation because there's two other individuals who still have not been uh, been captured by the police. So that's another thing that you have to look into as well. But it's not looking good for him, man, and it's it's one of those things. He's 23 years old. You know, he, he, he has his whole life ahead of him, and he messed it up with this, and he had his life set, actually. So it's unfortunate, and, you know, as an individual – as a father, you know, you look at it and you have to you have to make more mature decisions if you're trying to raise a, a young child. Yeah, it's definitely a messed up situation for Aaron Hernandez. Now, this young man, let's go and read out. I'm going to read out some of the charges that he's he's facing. He has one count of first-degree murder. Excuse me. Uh, he has another count, one first count. Um, excuse me, one count of carrying far, firearms without a license. That's really big on the northeast side, especially up in the – New York, Boston area. Um, he has two counts of possession of large 
large capacity of weapons or firearms. So he has, he probably had a range of different firearms in this in his possession in his home. And last, uh, the last uh, charge that he has is possession of firearms without a FID card. So that's an identification card to recognize those firearms that he had in his possession. Now, his probable cause hearing is scheduled for July 24th, um, 9 o'clock a.m. So he has some, some time to sit in a jail cell without a bond, without being awarded a bond uh, today when he was uh, arrested and they read him his rights. and I mean, read him pretty much what he's been charged for. So, all right, now, we talked about him as an individual, George. You broke that down. Now, from an organizational standpoint, New England, uh, the Patriots, uh, you know, was it wrong? Was it wrong for them to uh, just release him within an hour and a half after him being arrested for, uh, for these charges? The way I look at it is that I actually have two different viewpoints to this. My first one is the Patriots have to do this to protect their brand, and they obviously knew something that the public didn't know at the time. Um, you look at the NFL and, and the security departments that they have at each one of these teams, and they're never they're, they're never just these regular off-the-street cops. They're guys who have been in the force, guys who have been around the Boston area, guys who have been around the area that their team is in, and no cops and no FBI agents and no things. So they can inform these these uh, organizations of what's going on. So they knew that a murder charge was coming before they released him. Otherwise, they would have allowed it to play out. But I do I do look at it from a different point of view. As uh, think about this, you you have Aaron Hernandez, tight end, um, very productive player, not their number one tight end. Rob Gronkowski is obviously that. But had this been Tom Brady? Would it have gone down the same way? Do you think? I mean, I'm just just a speculation, not That's you know, just to, to kind of look at it from a, a different point of view. Had this been a bigger named player, do you think that it would it would have happened as quickly as it did? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I don't. Well, I mean, it's to me, I think the officials and the authorities wanted to have all their ducks in a row because they couldn't find the murder weapon or the potential murder weapon, so. Uh, you know, it just seemed like they took their time because they felt like they had a case to build here. Um, I always said from day one, and I really didn't elaborate more on this last week, but I always thought from day one, <clears throat> excuse me, is that someone was going to end up turning on him. Uh, you know, one of his buddies or somebody close to the situation will point the fingers, even though if he's innocent, will point the fingers towards Aaron because the momentum was heading his way anyway. So uh, with that being said, I just... It was just a matter of time, and I just thought that someone would turn on him. I don't know if that would be the case now, but it just—it's just a weird situation here. It just seems like just—it just feels like uh, Aaron is—is—you is, is, know—he just—you know—he just, you know, he has so much potential on the field. Uh, Just—it's a, it's a sad case because he's a young man that got—it's it's been put in an environment where now. All that is washed away. You know, all that is washed away as far as uh, his NFL career and what he's done in the past. Now he's he's looked at as uh, as a criminal, and he's going to have his due time and due process and his chance in court. But uh, it's it's not looking too good right now. Yeah, it's it's a sad situation. I mean, the thing about it is, you look at there's multiple lives affected in this. You have. Odin, Odin Lloyd and his life, of course, being taken. 
Um, you have his family. You have Aaron Hernandez. You have Aaron Hernandez's family. You have Aaron Hernandez's daughter. You know, there's a lot of people who are affected, and anytime something like this happens, there's going to be a multitude of people affected, and it's an unfortunate situation. Yeah, it's, it's a definite uh, messed up situation. And let me ask you another question. From a, a league standpoint, uh, we talked about Aaron Hernandez as an individual. We talked about New England Patriots releasing him from an organizational standpoint. But from a league standpoint and a branding standpoint, uh, uh, does this does this situation here with Aaron Hernandez, he had the Ray Lewis situation back in 2000, then you had Ray Carew. That was in 2001. I remember that. Do you feel like, in your opinion, excuse me, do you feel like, in your opinion, this tarnished the brand of the NFL? I don't think it tarnishes the brand of the NFL, but I do think that the NFL has to put a, put a cap on it really quick. Um, you look at the different situations that are going on around the league and the different situations that have happened in the past, and, you know, the, the NFL is trying to go away from violence. We all know that they're making these new rules and they want to make sure that their that players and fans know that violence is not what they're marketing anymore. They used to market violence, but they don't anymore um, because of all these lawsuits. So I think that they want to step away from anything that even remotely resembles violence, and this is definitely one that they're going to step away from. I don't think Aaron Hernandez will play again. Okay, well, great point there, George, and this time for us to take a break because I hear the music. So let's go ahead and break now. When we come back, we'll continue to talk some NFL and kind of change the pace a little bit and, and talk about some other things that's going around in the NFL. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave Mike Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports
You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or you can drop a line to Lemont Williams Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. George, are you still there? Yes, sir. All right, George, we pretty much wrapped up the first segment. It was all Aaron Hernandez, which should be expected. A really intense day for everyone in the NFL, and especially if you're a fan of the New England Patriots. So we had a chance to share our thoughts on that and, and, and give our opinions on it. So I feel like it's time to kind of move forward a little bit, kind of spice it up and step it up, give you know, bring back some of the fun atmosphere to the show because it was kind of you know it's sad because it ties into a young man that life was taken away so anytime someone loses their life over something like that it's always a, a dull moment so uh, i think it's time for us to kind of just shake it up a little bit definitely definitely kind of right. step out of that sadness yeah yeah all right george uh let's go ahead and talk a little before we do a little bit more nfl let's go ahead and talk about this i saw earlier today the oregon ducks <clears throat> You know, Oregon has been hit now with a three-year probation under Chip Kelly regime. Now he, Chip Kelly is now the rookie head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. So NCAA, George, they came down with a probation for, on the Oregon Ducks for three years, uh, taking away one scholarship each of those three seasons for recruiting, recruiting violation under Chip Kelly. Now, it was rumored and it was suggested that Chip Kelly had violated some NCAA rules for his recruitment out of Texas. Uh, you know, Lamarcus, uh, what's the kid, LaMichael, LaMichael James, James, I heard was was tied into it, some other kids from out of Houston. So, you know, what's your initial thoughts of, of this? you think Oregon, NCAA let off a little easy on Oregon, or you think they should be penalized severely for some of the violations? I definitely think they got off easy. It's one of those things, if you look at uh, – it was uh, Ohio, or uh, yeah, Ohio. They they got they got uh, hit with some violations last year. And they had the bowl ban. They were a 12 win team last year, and uh, and they they didn't get to go to the bowl. And I, I bet you they would have not been banned from the bowl. They'd be looking at you know uh, a few bowl games for themselves. So it, it, they're lucky they weren't hit with a bowl ban. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that Kelly is in the NFL now, and it would have it would have been a punishment to the people who weren't really involved in that. Um, so that's why I think the NCAA has to come up with some sort of rule in the contracts of these coaches that if you violate an NCAA rule and you go to the NFL, because this has been sort of a safe haven for these coaches, you know, you have your Pete Carroll's and, and your, uh, your your Kelly's, your Chip Kelly's, that, uh, that have gone to the NFL and not seen any consequences from their actions. So I think that there needs to be some kind of clause in these NCAA contracts for these coaches that if you go um, to the NFL, you're going to see some kind of substantial fine um, with, you know, in regards to whatever violations you've committed. Yeah, it just, it's just NCAA, it's kind of hard to maintain that. I mean, because there's so many schools, uh, NCAA needs to do a better job, in my opinion. <clears throat> and actually, I mentioned earlier about Oregon being tied to uh, some recruiting issues here in Houston. It was actually in 2010 where Willie Lows uh, was paid $25,000 through the Houston-based recruiting service called Complete 
scouting service where Lyles was in connection with Oregon and recruiting. I know they got some kids out of Fort Bend um, and, you know, uh, Brady Addison. I want to say that was his name. The wide, he was a quarterback named the wide receiver there. So I don't know if that was the young man in particular. But, you know, recruiting is a big business, man. It's a huge business, especially in college football. If you have a chance to uh, win or get up on your opponents, especially at the time with, when it was the Pac-10 instead of the Pac-12, Oregon was trying to, you know, take advantage and try to get better than their rival, USC. So it's very competitive. It's very uh, uh, big business in recruiting. Uh, and it just seems like, uh, to me, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate situation for the kids because, I mean, it's not a big penalty. It's, it's three years probation. But a guy like Chip Kelly, you know, he sees this coming down the pipeline. We don't see this from the outside looking in, but he sees it from the inside looking out. He bounces on the program, goes to Philadelphia to be a rookie head coach, and he just leads the program in champ. I mean, just like he just leads the program with his probation, and I think some accountability falls on the coach as well. Definitely. It's one of those things that the coach has to be held responsible in some way, shape, or form that, you know, like you said, he just bounced on the team. Like, it's it's, it's one of those things you – you you expect these coaches to be accountable, and had he still been with the organization, I definitely think, or not with the organization, with the college, I think that he would have he would have definitely suffered some sort of penalty. But he's he's out of harm's way now. He's in the NFL, and that that's kind of been a safe haven for some of these coaches that have been under scrutiny for some violations that they may have been facing. Yeah, it just it seems like I think they need to find a way to penalize the coaches despite them leaving going to the NFL, I think they have some kind of responsibility in this as well uh, because they was the main target guys are recruiting these kids in because of the coaches. So it just is an unfortunate situation, and Oregon will be okay. They'll be, they'll be okay this year, and they'll bounce back. But, um, you know, it's just unfortunate situation. All right, George, you know, despite me broaching over here and burping over here like a baby, Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and make this a little lighter and a little funner right now. I want to hear your top five picks of the NFL. You know, the NFL is having their annual 100 top players with the players. The, the players vote for other players. I want to hear your top five. We don't have enough time to go through your top ten, but real quick, I want to hear your top five NFL players of 2013. I mean, 2012. All right, we have Tom Brady. Tom Brady, what number? No, no, no. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me get this straight. Hold on, because I'm gonna, I'm not gonna put them on. I'm not gonna put them in order right now. I'm gonna, I wanna uh, tell you who my top five are, and then because it's kind of debatable to me. There's the offensive players, and then there's the defensive players. I think you almost have to separate the two because offensive players they get all this glory, and the defensive players obviously don't. Um, so, so to me, you have. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are the top two quarterbacks in the league. Okay. Then you have, uh, for your running backs, you have Adrian Peterson and uh, and Arian Foster. And, of course, you have J.J. Watt, um, who has to be the top player, I think, in the league uh, for this past season because he had the best individual performance out of any player that I've seen in, in the past, you know, five, six years. Mm-hmm. So well, that's you have five right there. Okay, so you have Aaron Rodgers at number one. I mean, top two with who? Tom Brady. Tom Brady, yeah. 
Ooh, that's tough, man. That's tough. So you got you have Tom Brady over Drew Brees? Definitely. Drew Brees. Okay. What about Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning's good, but I think he drops out of the top five just simply because of the of the fact that you have J.J. Watt and you have um, Adrian Peterson. And then Arian Foster and Peyton Manning can be interchangeable in my eyes. Okay. Well, well you know, we know about Arian Foster. I mean, we're both here in Houston, so we know a lot about Arian Foster. But Adrian Peterson, I mean, I mean he comeback player of the year, right? Definitely. Yeah, he's comeback player of the year. You got defensive player of the year in, in J.J. Watt. You have uh, MVP of the league and uh, Peyton Manning. So, and I think it, the thing about it is, is to me, the offensive player of the year and the and the MVP are almost hand in hand, just because offensive players have won that award. I think the last defensive player, if I'm not mistaken, to win the MVP award was uh, Lawrence Taylor, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So you like so you have Aaron Foster as a. As uh, who you have, so you have Foster over over Peterson or Peterson over Foster? No, Peterson's way over Foster. Okay, so Peterson's number one. Then you have right. Foster number two. Who would you put at number three as a running back? Ooh, that's when you start to get that's when you start to get difficult because you have Ray Rice, um, who's definitely a top running back. I, I guess I would say Ray Rice would be my third third running back in the league. Ray Rice. Yeah. Is it because he won the Super Bowl? Not just because of the Super Bowl, but because he also he he has an offensive line ahead of him that's one of the best ones in the league. So when you combine that with the fact that he's a great runner, he has to be at least in your top three, I would think. I mean, who who would you put who would you put above him? Uh, above Ray Rice. Let me see here. Running back. I like the kid out of Tampa, but he was a rookie though. Doug Martin. Uh, I'm sorry. Doug Martin. Yeah, I like Doug Martin. I mean, he's kind of similar to, but he's a you know he's a bruiser. He's a blue collar, hard nosed yeah. runner. Let me see. That's a, I mean, you have Peterson. You have you have Foster. I'm trying to think, who else off the top of my head? Um, yeah, that's a good question, man. You got um, let me ask you something. JJ Watt. You think uh, he's better than Demarcus Ware out of Dallas? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The Marcus Ware is coming on the end of his career. I think he's an older player, and JJ Watt is doing some things that you haven't seen, you know, defensive ends do in, in a long time. So um, I definitely think JJ Watt's above the Marcus Ware. Now, better battle would be Alden Smith and JJ Watt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alden is going to come up. I like Alden. Well, let me ask you a question. Out of your top five, you had two Texans. I mean. You know, no wide receivers. Who's your top wide receiver? Ooh, uh, I guess you have to go with Megatron. You have to go with Megatron beating, uh, I think it was Jerry Rice's record mm-hmm. uh, for the receptions in the season or the receiving yards in the season. So you have to go with Megatron. And then a close second uh, would be between Andre Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. So you have uh, Andre Johnson. Even though you, you know everyone's saying he's getting older, you think Andre is in the top three? Definitely. And you, you know, think the NFL about Network that got him down as uh, an older receiver with fourteen quarterback, or would you rather have a younger receiver with no quarterback? Say that again. That was the question. 
I said, would you rather have an older receiver with a decent quarterback or a younger receiver with no quarterback? Because that's what you look at when you have Andre Johnson versus Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, yeah, I guess I'd take Andre and Matt Shaw. I mean, that that relationship works because of the system. Um, yeah. Megatron is a, you know, he's just a beast. He's just going to get his regardless who's throwing him the ball. Uh, I just, I don't know, I just, I didn't hear a wide receiver. Normally, you know, it's a wide receiver league, it's a passing league, so you think, I thought at least you have at least one wide receiver in there. It's just kind of hard because in the NFL you have, you have, you know, your elite quarterbacks that, that you know, sort of run the offenses, and then you have your top-tier running backs and then a few defensive players sprinkled in there as far as your top ten. And then in the top five, a lot of it is just a toss-up between players because they're so closely ranked. And with the NFL, it's it's different. You can't really rank players based on overall because each player does something different for their team, and each individual affects their team in one way or another. So I think that it's hard to kind of rank these, these players. But, I mean, the best way to do it for me is by position the way that I did it. So I think that's the easiest way to rank them. And, and it kind of gives you an idea of who the best at a particular position is. Yeah. Well, good segment there, George. And I sound like the music playing in the background. So let's go ahead and take a break, pay some bills when we come back. Uh, we'll get into the NBA. Let's go ahead and talk a little NBA. I know the finals wrapped up last week. We'll give our thoughts about the NBA finals and preview the NBA draft next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. High school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. 
That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice American Sports Network. Continue to talk some sports with my man George, better known as G-Man and George. Let's go ahead and jump right into the NBA. Uh, I know we're a week away from the NBA Finals, but uh, it's only right we, we talk about them uh, that Game 7 just a little bit to kind of get our thoughts out there because the game came on on Thursday after the show was after we did the show last Wednesday. So the NBA Finals wrapped up with the Miami Heat winning their second NBA championship, back-to-back champions. LeBron James, rightfully so, was the NFL, I mean, NBA MVP. 37 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, and two steals. George, uh, you know, Miami Heat, your team that was destined for a lot of championships and destined to be successful when the big three hooked up. And right now, uh, they're looking like the team that's fitting the bill. I mean, for the last consecutive years, they made it to the NBA Finals, but they won back-to-back championships. So, uh, I mean, do you feel like, you know, the big three is pretty much owning up to what they uh, was bringing to the table from day one? I think they are. And, I mean, honestly, if you go back to the first year that they were together, they did what they were supposed to do. You can't expect a team to win the finals in their first being together. Um, but but they did a great they've done a great job so far going back to back for championships. The big three have done what they've set out to do, and I think that they if they can continue to stick together and they can continue to get decent play out of LeBron James or great play out of LeBron James rather, and decent play out of uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. They they're looking to to build a dynasty here. It's kind of ironic because you have the San Antonio Spurs, who uh, were the dynasty, you know. The, the closest thing to a dynasty so far um, in the NBA um, in recent years, and it's almost like a passing of the a passing of the torch from the the Miami Heat to the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, how would you evaluate LeBron James' performance in the NBA Finals? I think LeBron James stepped up, and it, it, there's no more question. I don't think anyone can question the the fact of his 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 ability to be clutch his ability to carry a team. If you look at the games in the in the finals and how, you know, there were some games when Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch weren't carrying their weight and LeBron James steps up and gets it done for his team. Um you look at the fourth quarter in the uh game six where, you know, he's he basically put the team on his back and said, Let's go and uh I just think that that's one of those things that LeBron James has showed that shown that he's an elite player in the in the league. And that if he can be clicking on all cylinders, anyone who's surrounding him can definitely uh, definitely benefit from that. Yeah, he's a guy that you know, he can beat you in all three phases: offense, offensively, defensively. I mean, he can just out hustle you, man. He just a, he's a guy that can dominate a game from the beginning to the end. And one thing I noticed throughout the finals is that when he made his mind up to uh, step up and be a leader, he did that for the Miami Heat. Uh, throughout the series, especially in the game six and game seven, I was really impressed what he brought to the table and ended up winning the championship for the Miami Heat two years in a row. Now, uh, you know, Dwayne Wade is inconsistent throughout the finals, but uh, what's your overall opinion of Dwayne Wade's performance in the NBA finals? 
I think Dwayne Wade needs to have a few more conversations with his knees throughout the year. <laughs> I mean, he he steps up and gets 23 points in the in the in the final game, game seven, and uh, that, that really brought his team over the top. And and really is what the deciding factor was. If Wade wouldn't have stepped up and done what he did, I don't think that the the Miami Heat would be known as the champions. I think that Tim Duncan would have gone out on top and gone ahead and retired. Now. I don't know that he'll still do that because every athlete has the uh, the want and the will to get to the top and retire on top. So I think he might stay another year. That's another subject for another time. Um, mm-hmm. But Dwayne Wade has, has definitely stepped up, and I think Dwayne Wade is is going to be a key factor in making sure that this Miami team can can continue to be successful for years to come. Yeah, Dwayne Wade, and in order for him to come back. You know, Pat Rowley's already stated that he likes the team that he put together. And I think a key component player throughout the series was Mario Chalmers. Uh, he was, you know, he stepped up when he needed to step up. He hit big shots. And my question to you, you feel like they're going to bring Mar- uh, Mario Chalmers back to the team? I think they need to just because you don't want to mess up the chemistry that the team has. Now, if you're going to go out and pursue someone else who's a little bit better, um, I don't know that they could bring a Chris Paul in because I don't think that they would have the, the cap space to do so. But if you're going to bring a point guard like that in, then you're definitely looking at that. I don't think anyone else would would uh, would say otherwise. But Mario Chalmers is definitely a piece to the puzzle um, that, that, that helped this team get as far as they did. Yeah, Mario, uh, he fits this team. I mean, he's a guy that when you need him to hit outside uh, jumpers, he will, and he can penetrate the hole. I mean, he fits exactly what uh, the Miami Heat are looking for in that system with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade on the same court. Yeah, definitely. And and he's he's not going to be a person that demands too much in the free agent market, I don't think. Um, just he's he's a good system player. I think I think that this the, that his play is a product of this system, and I don't think that that uh, it should be too hard for them to retain him. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it, uh, it all plays out. But uh, I mean, the NBA is still cooking. I mean, we have the draft tomorrow, and we'll talk real briefly about some of the Rockets' top draft picks and who you think should get drafted, who the Rockets should select tomorrow in the draft. But can't overlook the LA Clippers and the Boston Celtics deal, where Doc Rivers was shipped off to LA from Boston to LA now. The new head coach and senior VP of opera basketball operations for the LA Clippers. Was that a good move for for Doc Rivers to move from Boston and go out to LA, George? I think if he wants to continue to build teams that win championships, I think that's a good move for him uh, personally. And it was kind of a shock to Danny Ainge, if I'm not mistaken. He came out and you know he expected Doc Rivers to be their coach, um, and and he's enjoyed the time that he's had with Doc Rivers. And Doc Rivers was the second highest tenured coach in the league, second to only Greg Popovich. So it's one of those things you never want to sever uh, ties with with a coach that's been with your organization as long as Doc Rivers has. But at, at some point, Doc Rivers has to be able to feel comfortable in his decision. And I think that his his wanting to move was a product of the fact that his team that he put together with Danny Ainge is 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 not the same team that he wanted to set out on this journey with. And because of that, he wanted to, to find a different destination. Yeah, I just, man, it just 
you know, with, with Doc, man, he's he's a guy that's, you know, spent nine years, nine seasons in the NBA as a coach with the Boston Celtics, won a Marine. Uh, but he's a he's more than just a coach. Seems like the players connect with him because he's a former player himself. You know, he's a guy that can he knows what the how to how to win on and off the court. Going to L.A. is a good fit, I think, for if they able to retain Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Now, you know, with the Boston Celtics, can we officially say they're they're in re, uh, rebuilding mode right now going forward without their head coach? I definitely think they're in rebuilding mode. Uh, you have KG, who's on the the latter end of his career. Paul Pierce is the same deal, and uh, I mean, Rajon Rondo. He's he's a young guy. He's, he he he'll be the centerpiece that they probably build this team around. But I think that it's definitely one of those things. They're going to be in a rebuilding process for a while now, and and Danny Ainge has a has a big goal ahead of him. And you know, you kind of have to put Doc in the rear view and and move forward with your franchise because. You know, I'm sure the Doc is going to do the same thing. He's worried about L.A. now and getting them to the championship. So I think Danny Ainge needs to move forward and, and do the same thing with his Celtics. Yeah, Danny Ainge seems like he was shocked and surprised that that uh, Doc Rivers moved forward and moved to uh, L.A. and was able to lead the Boston Celtics and coach. coach uh, starting coaching the L.A. Clippers starting next year. So, I mean, it's tough. I mean, you, you've been with a guy for nine years. And you know, once you go to a different uh, go a different direction, it's kind of tough for uh, you know for you guys to, to depart from each other and and move on. So uh, Doc Rivers, man, I think he's going to have some success. Uh, he's still a young coach where he's searching for uh, another NBA championship and getting paid what seven million somewhere like seven million a year as a coach. Man, that's a lot of money. Definitely, definitely. And Danny Ainge even he commented on the uh on the fact that this will be a rebuilding process and he said that while it's a daunting task and, you know, a, a team for his team that that has been a contender for, for much of the past six years, um, six seasons, it's still an exciting phase. So he's excited to move forward. Um he's just kind of a little bit shocked. It's one of those shell shock moments, but I'm I'm excited for the future of the Celtics, I'm excited for the future of the Lake of the Clippers and I hope it all works out. Yeah, I'm excited to a certain extent because the Houston Rockets are still in the Western Conference, and uh, in order for the Rockets to make a push, they can't. You know, the conference can't keep getting better and better every year. <laughs> I'm just joking around, but um, I just I think the Blake Griffin is locked in the contract. CP3 definitely just come back. I think he likes LA. I like he likes that environment. He got a lot of publicity. It's a good. Good Keith, uh, you know, kind of shift the momentum a little bit out of L.A. from the Lakers to the Clippers. So I think he wants to continue to build on that uh, moving forward. Definitely, definitely, and it's 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 going to be a great process to watch. Like you said, it, it's it's hard to see a, the teams in the West continue to get better, but it makes for more competition. And I wouldn't be surprised if we, you know, we see that some of the, some of the Rockets. The Rockets start making some moves to get some better players on the team, and then we'll see a little bit more competitive Rockets team as well. Yeah, the Rockets. You know, July first is a big day for the Houston Rockets. See if they're going after uh, Dwight Howard, but uh, the draft is tomorrow too, so they can pick up some steals throughout the draft. Right, draft pick. But uh, man, that music shocked me and scared me a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> a little loud there, my ear D, but it's all good. Uh, 
Joe, let's go ahead and take a break, man. D is telling us time for us to wrap this segment up and take a break. We'll take a break and come back with our last segment and wrap up the show next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. George, for making it through this long hour. It seemed like a long hour for me today. I'm a little, a little tired, man. I had a pregame meal, pregame radio show meal that was a little too heavy for me. So I know next week not to eat barbecue spare ribs before we get <laughs> before we get on there. But uh, George, we're heading to our last segment before we wrap up the show. Uh, forgot to talk about uh, the new Denver Nuggets coach, Brian Shaw. Long time. NBA player, former NBA player now, long time, or up-and-coming assistant coach that had the buzz to be, be the next head coach in the NBA, and he got a shot. Finally got a shot with the Denver Nuggets. George, uh, you know, Brian Shaw is a former NBA player, uh, played with the Lakers, had a chance to coach the Lakers under Phil Jackson. What do you expect from him as a head coach moving forward with the Denver Nuggets? I expect uh, definitely forward progress for the Nuggets. I think that the Nuggets as an organization were tired of being one and done in the playoffs. You know, uh, George Carl and his regime there was uh, were were good at times, but but still the mediocrity to the uh, to, to the organization as a whole it, it kind of got old, and uh, they needed a new face in there to uh, to brighten up this franchise. And I think that Brian Shaw can definitely uh, definitely do that for the organization. Yeah, I just I think Shaw he can connect with 
the Denver players from a player standpoint, and especially from a coaching standpoint. I mean, he's a he's a winner with the Lakers. He won a few rings with the Lakers, so he knows what it feels like to be a winner and being with a winning organization. Uh, last year he was with, well up until when he got the new coaching job, he was with uh, the Indianapolis Pacers and Indiana for the most part played you know the Miami Heat tough in the playoffs. So. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see. I know he's going to be coming through Houston next season when they play the Rockets. So I'm excited to see uh, his debut as a head coach. And hopefully he has some longevity because, you know, the coach that they had in, in Phoenix, I want to say that was, uh, was it, uh, no, no, Jock Vaughn is in Orlando. Um, what's the guy's name? Out of, he played with the Detroit Pistons. I think of his name a little bit. He was the head coach for uh, the Phoenix Suns as an interim coach before um, uh, Jeff uh, Hamlachek came in. Not Hamlachek. Oh, my mind's all everywhere right now. But what yeah, my point I'm was having to a prove is part two on that one. Yeah, my point I'm trying to prove is that I hope Brian Shaw has some longevity as a head coach. He's not a guy that's going to come in and out, uh, but make his mark. I mean, I like to see young co- young coaches come in and make their mark and make their leeway in the league and, and, and develop some chemistry with the players. Yeah, definitely. I think the current coach for the Phoenix Suns is Hornacek, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of the other one that you were trying to think of, but that's neither here nor there. We're talking about Brian Shaw, and, and I definitely think he's he's got an opportunity here. He needs to grab by the horns. And, and it's not a bad it's not a bad team for him to be to be with. The Nuggets are an up-and-coming team. You know, they're only a few pieces away from uh, being a contender, so I think that uh, that that they that he's he's coming into a situation that's very uh, it's very opportunistic for him. So mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to see what he can do with that with that opportunity, and uh, excited to see where where this will go. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about Lindsey Hunter. That was the coach. That was okay, Lindsey Hunter. For I don't know why I could remember Lindsey Hunter, former swag player with the Jackson State. Play with the Detroit Pistons, but anyway, I just you know I, I like to see coaches, especially now. Let me ask you another another thing. You know, we both minorities. How does it feel to see minorities getting opportunities, especially in the NBA? The NFL is a little different, but especially in the NBA, getting opportunities at the head coaching position. Like, look at Jason Kidd. I mean, Jason Kidd just retired, and he's a head coach of the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, it's exciting to see. I mean, I I, I love the fact that. We're in a society now where it's acceptable, and it's not something that you see a big uproar when something like that happens. It, it, it creates opportunities for minorities. It creates opportunities for for anyone who who may have thought that that opportunity wasn't there, and it it shines some light on it. And you know, uh, I hate to I hate to to get too you know too political with it, but I'm sure you know Dr. King is looking down, and he's he's very very excited about what he sees down here, and he's very happy to see that minorities are getting the same opportunities that they may not have gotten about 50 years ago. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's an exciting thing to see guys. The NBA does a great job of giving former players opportunity within the league. I mean, from TV to radio, now coaching. That's good. I mean, it just, it just gives young guys, young players hope. It's a possibility you can work within the league and kind of stay relevant to the game that you love the most, which is basketball. 
Yeah, we got to get some owners though. That's what we're that's what we're gonna look at next. That's the next step. Get some owners in there that uh, that are minorities and and you know you see that I think in Jacksonville um, they have a, a minority owner now. So I, I mean it's it's one of those things. It's rare, but I think that that's the next step. Um, and, and and it's exciting to see. Yeah, and we'll definitely see. And what we're excited about here in Houston is the NBA draft that kicks off tomorrow. Houston. Uh, will not have a first-round pick. However, they will be picking in the second round. George, uh, you know, the Houston Rockets. First, what is their need, in your opinion, what do you think they need to go after in the NBA draft tomorrow? Who or what, I mean, not really who, what player, but what position is in need for tomorrow's draft? I think they need a big. I think they need a center. Um, and Omer Oshik is definitely a good center. But I think that they need someone that's a little bit bigger and a little more physical um down there to get get some of those boards and um they you know you don't know but they may have a first round pick um because there's rumors around today that uh they're looking to trade Thomas Robinson and uh a few of the the people that are interested in in that trade are the Chicago Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers with their 19th and 20th picks in the draft uh for the first round so Though the Rockets may sneak a sneak a first round pick in there, but um, it's looking like right now, as of right now, it's not going to happen. But um, those two teams are very interested in in uh, Thomas Robinson, who was, I believe, a fourth overall pick um, two years ago, I believe, mm-hmm. um, in the in the NBA draft. So that's definitely exciting. But center is definitely a position that the uh, the the Rockets could use a little bit more uh, depth in. Say, let's say hypothetical if the Rockets get, you know, the uh, Wayne. I mean, Dwight Howard at the fourth spot. This this free agent market. Um, do you feel like? I feel like the Rockets need to add some more to the backcourt. I mean, with James Harden having his injuries last year and and, and uh, Jeremy Lin having some issues as well, I think they need to add more pieces to the backcourt. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Honestly, I think that you're you're definitely right in that. And if they do acquire Dwight Howard, then I think that your 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 need shifts from center and it actually goes to point guard. And I say that because of this: you have uh, you have Jeremy Lin, who I believe you vastly overpaid um, based on you know a stream a streak of good games that he had um, in New York. And then you have Patrick Beverly, who's a feisty, you know, get after it type of player. But you need someone who's more of an upper echelon point guard in the league if you're looking to compete. You look, you know, at you look at Miami, who was in the finals. You look at San Antonio, who was in the finals, and they both have three big big name players on their team. Um, so you have Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James with Miami, and then you have Tim Duncan, uh, Tony Parker. And uh, you can put Manage Nobly or, or um, gosh, the green. Um, what's the guy's name I'm thinking about? Uh, he scored the, the three-pointers. Um, Danny Green. Danny Green uh-huh. uh, is the other the other person uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. So you have Danny Green um, as that, that third big three uh, for San Antonio. So the Rockets need to look to acquire another person to be part of that big three. I don't think Jeremy Lin is that. But uh, they have James Harden and uh, – Dwight Howard, they need to acquire someone who's going to be that third person. Okay, and we'll definitely check it out, man. It kicks off tomorrow. We're talking about the NBA draft with George. 
that's the music, man. That's the curtain call for the show today. I appreciate it, man. And despite my belching and burping over here, I appreciate everything you brought to the table tonight. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, Lamont, and uh, I always love coming on here talking sports with you. So, All right, we'll, we'll talk talking again next week, and I want to thank everyone out there for listening to Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams. Until we talk next week, until you log in, be blessed. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.